I, I love First Wednesday. I love to come together in the middle of the week and just get a jolt of energy. And we're going to have a time of worship. That's going to be our focus tonight. But I do want to open up God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, turn to First Peter uh, chapter 2. And I'm going to read the, just one text that I preached on Sunday. And I wanted to remind you, all you parents, that on First Wednesday we have kids ministry up to third grade, which third grade is new. We just added that. The, all the babies through five years old are on this level. I'm just looking to make sure that's correct. And then, and then all the kindergarten, would that be third grade or second grade? Elementary through sec, third grade. I just said that. Through third grade is downstairs. So they're, they're continuing their study. on. And I just want to let you know, like our kids' ministry is not babysitting. That's not our, that's not our task. It's to partner with you to instill values and biblical principles and to come alongside you of a parent and help you to, to uh, uh, teach your kids the things of God. Tonight they're making ice cream sundaes and they've got a lesson on commitment. So if you have a third grader and below and you want to be in a kid's ministry, it's a great time to go. You got, you're in your Bible? <clears throat> Ready to roll? Ready. So here it goes. Here's the verse. We read it yesterday. But you are a chosen people. Just, just please help me. In Jesus' name, just help me, because I preached on chosen people, and does anybody remember what that has to do with? It's two, two A words, not a bad word, two good A words. Is anybody, can anybody just shout it out, please? Access. No, that was close. Who said access? That's priesthood, which you were here, so praise God, you got an A for effort, but then you failed. That was an F. Like, you tried, but crash and burn. No, chosen has to do with, what would you say, Derek? I think you had acceptance and approval. So we're a chosen people. Thank you guys for listening so good, taking notes, and you thought chosen was access. But, but it's, 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 it's acceptance. We're accepted. That's so important because if you don't understand this, you can't approach the throne room of grace with confidence. You can't, you can't come into God's presence with assurance. You are accepted. You are approved. Royal priesthood has to do with access. Not only are you accepted or you're approved, but you have access into the throne room of God's presence to find help in time of need. You've been invited by the king of glory. You've been clothed in his righteousness. You don't have to get, you know, we, we used to say, I used to say, I probably still say, but when my kids went outside, I, they'd get so dirty sometimes. Did you have kids like this? They'd play in the woods and, and I'd make them hose off before they went and took the shower. They'd I'd hose them off, they'd drive for a little bit, and then they'd go take a shower. And I think that's how we feel with Jesus sometimes in the presence of God. Let me hose off before I take a shower. It doesn't work like that. You come to God and he cleans you up. You don't have to get cleaned up to go into the presence of God. You, God is the one that cleans you up. You can't make yourself holy. God wants his holiness in you. And if you weren't here Sunday, I encourage you to listen to that. But you're a royal priest of the holy nation of God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I want to focus on this word again, priesthood. Not only is it about access, but there's also the responsibility of a priest. The chief work of the priest was to offer sacrifices. That's what he did in the Old Testament. The sacrifice in the Old Testament was an object. It was something you brought with you to worship. It was something you gave. The Jews were very accustomed to bringing a sacrifice. It would be a goat on the end of a rope or a bull being pushed and coerced to get them on the altar so they could sacrifice. A bird in a cage. 
A sacrifice was an animal brought before God, and it was slain in his presence. Here's the principle. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus, God was setting up a system that would, that would, that would come to re- reality in his son Jesus when he was the perfect sacrifice. But he set up this sacrificial system. And the priest's job was to offer the sacrifice. And, and it wasn't done casually. It wasn't done complacently. It was very careful. Just any old sacrifice would not do for the king of kings. Like it had to be blem- it unblemished. It had to be perfect. It had to be the first. It, it, it wasn't enough just to bring God some leftover, some secondary, some, some deformed animal. No, it's, it, it was for God, the God who sits on the throne of the universe, who has all might and all authority and all power. Who's the, they recognized his divinity and his holiness, that he was filled with truth and righteousness, that he was eternally strong and, and eternally steadfast, that, that he was unparalleled and unprecedented. My point was they didn't just bring this sacrifice half-heartedly or casually. It mattered It meant something. He was the prince of peace, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He was God, and beside him there was no other. Therefore, the Israelites brought the sacrifice carefully. And originally it was a bull or a goat or a dove, like I said. But but when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, it, it canceled the sacrifice issue. You know this. There was no more reason to sacrifice a bull or a goat because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the perfect and complete sacrifice. His sacrifice, uh, it it satisfied God's demand. His blood was sufficient payment for our sin. His blood seals us as God's children and heirs of all that is his. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we don't have to do Old Testament sacrifices anymore. But he still wants a sacrifice. And as priests, we got to figure out what that sacrifice is. And there's many, I'm just going to talk about two tonight, one up front and then another one at the end. But the sacrifice according to the book of Hebrews is God wants a sacrifice of praise. This is our sacrifice. It's not a bull. It's not a goat. It's not a dove. We don't need to shed blood. Jesus has already shed his blood. But he still, as a priest, I have a responsibility. And I'm to, through Jesus, therefore, I am to continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise that that here the Bible says the fruit of my lips the fruit of our lips that openly profess His name the Bible commands the Bible declares the Bible teaches that praise is to be practiced in every believer's life. Let me just give you a few foundational scriptures. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Who does the praising? The priesthood of believers. We're, that's our sacrifice. Praise him with the trumpet and the harp and the guitar. Praise him with the tambourine and the dancing. Praise him with the drums and the bongos. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The criteria for praising is having breath. If you're breathing and you're a believer, you're a priest, and it's understood that you'll be a praiser, and you'll bring a sacrifice a praise. Here's what the Bible says. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. And, and some people think that worship is just all, that we're too emotional or too, too whatever. I mean, I want to point you to the book of Psalms, which is a worship guide for dummies. You know, we got all these books, uh, uh, shipbuilding for dummies, 
uh, iPads for dummies. I got a new iPad. I know nothing about it. I got to get a book that breaks it down. And iPad. There's a worship guide for dummies, and it's in the book of Psalms. And the, and the worship guide says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generation. How you praise is manifested or reflection of your personality or your culture. Here's what I mean by that. Those that are more rhythmic are going to be able to stay on beat and be able to even clap and maybe move your feet and all at the same time. For us that are less rhythmic, we just, we just try to keep up, man. We just, we just like, like Miss Young down here, I love to watch her worship and she can clap and spin and move her feet all at, and sing at the same time. Like that's not me. I, I just, cause I just can't do it. Uh, maybe it's for those, again, it's a, it's a reflection. Some of you can sing and you got a great voice and and I, I'm, not a, I'm not a great singer. That's why God said, make a joyful noise. You know what a joyful noise is? It's a, it's a noise with a smile on your face. It's a joyful noise. And, and some will be less expressive. Some will be more expressive than their worship, worship. Our personality, our gift, and our culture might dictate the method of our praise. But listen, this is very important. But the means by which we praise is verbal. Like, here, here's, we have a speaking God, and he desires verbal praise. May the praise of God be in their what? In their mouths, in our minds, in our thoughts. No, may the praise, if you're a priesthood of the believer, if you're a priest of the living God, you're to offer a sacrifice of praise, and a praise has to be verbal. May the praise of God be in their mouths. The fruit of our lips give you praise. It comes from our mouth. If we don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift my voice to almighty God. Praise is something we have to do verbally. It's not enough to praise him in the secret place of your heart. Well, I'm just not verbal. I'm not emotional. It has nothing to do with your emotions. It has nothing to do with your personality. It has nothing to do with your giftedness in singing. It has everything to do with the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who has put breath in our lungs, the God whose understanding has no limit, whose power has no boundaries, whose grace is no respecter of persons, who has forgiven all our sins. He has requested, he has asked, he has commanded that we bless his name with a thankful heart, which is made known through verbal praise and adoration. Exalt the Lord as a command. And when we praise, we're functioning as priests. When we praise, we're offering God a sacrifice, not a bull or a goat, but an aroma, a fragrance. When done as an act of worship, when expressed with a heart of gratitude, when communicated verbally, when offered in a spirit of adoration, it, it reaches the throne of God. It's accepted by God. It's received as a sacrifice, and it blesses God's heart. We praise him for who he is. Jesus, you're my source. You're my salvation. You're my hope. I praise you that you're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You're Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You're Jehovah Shalom, my peace. You're my shepherd. You're my strong tower. You're the one who was and is and is to come. 
You, you've created the universe by your word. You sustain it with your strength. You guide it with your hand. I'm awed by your compassion. I'm inspired by your mercy. I'm humbled by your love. I'm thankful for your favor. It's in you that I live and move and have my very being. And so I offer a sacrifice of praise. I lift you up. I glorify you. I magnify you. I exalt you. I extol you. I adore you. You are my God, and like you, there is no other. Listen, we not only praise him for, for what he's done, for who he is, we praise him for what he's done. He's blessed you with his kindness. He's transformed you by his grace. He's changed you by his presence. You thank him for healing you and touching you, for the leadership over your life, for every good and perfect gift that comes from God. You rejoice in what he's going to do. God, I thank you that you're working on my behalf. I bless you that you're watching over your word to perform it. I thank you that you're my soon-coming king, that you're moving on my behalf. You're healing my body, restoring my relationships. You're saving my prodigal. Listen tonight, I'm not, I'm not trying to work anything up. I'm not interested in manipulating your emotions. It's not my job to convince you or make you. It's my job to teach you. And the Bible says, let everything that hath bread praise the Lord. If you're thankful for what God has done in your life, if you recognize he's sovereign and he's supreme, if you realize